Happy holidays, everyone. 
Happy holidays, OG Rob Silva. Wishing everyone the spirit of joy, peace, comfort, love, and remembrance during this time. No matter what you celebrate, I know that this is a magical time of the year for everyone. I remember one Christmas, my boys, uh, they handed me a Christmas list. The two of them had worked on it together as a collective, and I thought that was so sweet um, that they decided to work together, and they gave me a combined list. Um, that was a really proud moment for me. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'll say that one of my finest moments of embodying Black Santa, because um, that's what I do every year at Christmas, uh, for the last almost 20 years, one of the finest moments, and I'll always remember um, that one year when, with a little help from my mother and my father and my husband, but mostly my resourcefulness, my expertise, my intelligence, my spirit, and the spirit of the holidays and what Christmas means to me, um, my financial aid check, you know, thanks to all of those things, I was able to, um, it allowed me the fortune of being able to cross out every item off their Christmas list, feeling truly blessed and accomplished and fulfilled in that moment, one of my finest moments of embodying Black Santa um, as a single mother, um, as somebody who just wants to make her children smile um, on that morning. Again, happy holidays to everyone who celebrates or if any of this means anything to you, thinking of you and your community during this time. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Hanukkah to everybody out there as we today are celebrating the first annual Christmas podcast on the legends of sports and music. You heard the iconic, the iconic this Christmas, the only this Christmas I recognize. Now, I know that there is a revised version with Donnie and his daughter, Layla. I didn't want to prejudice myself, so I did not listen to that version yet. After I record this podcast, I will listen to it. And maybe next year, God willing, if I'm still alive, if there is a second annual Christmas podcast, I will play that version instead of Donnie's original version. But, you know, Chris Brown did a great uh, job redoing this Christmas. So did Drew Hill. But the only version I recognize is Donnie Hathaway and... I will let you guys know next year, if I play it, my thoughts on Donnie and Layla uh, version, the, the remastered version with Layla and Donnie. Um, in the history of soul music, you've got three great father-child combinations. You've got Donnie and Layla, you've got Nat King Cole and Natalie, and you've got Eddie and Gerald Levert. In my opinion, those are the three greatest 
father slash son or daughter combos in soul music history. Now, first and foremost, um, I appreciate, and I've been, if you notice, I've been putting Lala at the front of each episode, but this year instead, I started with Sicily. I mean, this episode, I started with Sicily. I'm going to save Lala's voice note for before we play Mary's, Mary J. Blige's Christmas song, because I, I want to combine the listeners, if I know their favorite singer, if their favorite singer has a song on this podcast, I will put their voice note before that. So we started with Margot. And um, beautiful story by Margot. I appreciate Margot's words. Very inspirational. And This Christmas is an inspirational song. Whenever I hear This Christmas, it always brings me back to the biggest Christmas miracle of my entire life. I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, but since this is Christmas, I'm going to repeat it, and I got a lot of first-time listeners. It was December of 1977. I would say it was 10 to 14 days before Christmas, so it would have been anywhere around December 10th to December 15th, 1977. I was nine years old at the time, the oldest of four kids. My mother went Christmas shopping with her, the money that she had gotten from welfare. She went with my youngest sibling, my sister Melissa, who at the time was three years old. And they were shopping. At the time, we were living on Elder Avenue, Elder Westchester Avenue in the Bronx. They went shopping in on the 149th Street, 3rd Avenue section of the Bronx. Anybody from the Bronx, New York City, anyway, Manhattan, a lot of people know that 149th Street and 3rd Avenue, that's a huge shopping area. Well, back, well, back. Oh, I just realized, man, I'm sorry, early signs of dementia. Christmas in 1977, we weren't living on Elder Westchester. We were living on 169th Street and Sheridan Avenue. We wouldn't move out, but we were forced out. We were evicted October of 1978. So in December of 1977, we were still living on 169th Street and Sheridan Avenue. And at that point in time, ladies and gentlemen, we were the only building left in the neighborhood. When I talk to the neighborhood, I'm talking about between 169th Street and 170th Street, my block and the block across the street, those two streets, of all the buildings, only two buildings were left standing. Well, three. That was the public school that I was attending at the time. There was the Met Food Supermarket, and then there was my building. Jewish landlords, because of the influx of Puerto Rican immigrants into the South Bronx, didn't want to deal with the Puerto Rican immigrants and instead burnt down their buildings, burnt down their tenements, burnt down their stores to get the fire insurance. They took that money and they fled to the suburbs. Yes, it was not Puerto Ricans like the media. The media blamed it on the Puerto Rican immigrants. Why the hell would we 
come to New York City from Puerto Rico and looking for a better life and burn down the buildings we just started living in. Common sense, people. Common fucking sense. Anyway. Well, back then, my father had just lost his job. So whatever money my mother had gotten from being on welfare, because when my father lost his job a few months prior to Christmas 1977, my mother went back on welfare while my father uh, was collecting unemployment. My mother went Christmas shopping on 149th Street and 3rd Avenue, took my three-year-old sister, Melissa, and after they bought all the gifts for me, Melissa, Charlie, and Christine, Remember, I'm the oldest, had nine or four kids. So you had kids ranging from three to nine. My, my sister Melissa, three, me, nine. My brother at the time was five, and my sister was six. So three, five, six, and nine. My mother got mugged after she bought all the gifts. A couple of guys ran up on her, grabbed all her bags of toys and gifts, and ran. My mother did not fight them off. She grabbed my sister and she ran towards the subway. They came home and they were crying. They were crying. My mother at the time had just turned 29. And my father was like, I'm going to go find these motherfuckers. And my my mother was like, Silver, sit your crazy ass down. They're not going to be there. You're wasting your time. Plus, it was like five degrees outside. Why bother? The next day, my parents sat all four of us down and told us that because all the money that they had was spent on gifts and whatever money they had left or they were going to get from welfare and unemployment was going to be spent on food and rent, that uh, there would be no Christmas this year. And, man, I was hard. We were all heartbroken. Oh, man, it was it was. I was like, God damn. I had written a list. I want at that point in time I had become, you know, I was this was the first year I started following sports in 1977. So on my Christmas list list, I wanted a football, a football helmet, boxing gloves. And my father, the next day, after he told us what was happening, he was drunk and he was like, I hate to tell you this, but mom had bought all that stuff that was that you wanted the boxing gloves the helmet and the football and it was stolen and i was like god damn man so for all intents and purposes we weren't going to have christmas christmas eve my father left early that morning and I don't know why he left. He he left, and, and and I asked my mother. My mother's like, "Don't worry about it." Around five o'clock that afternoon, my father comes back home, and when he comes through the door, he has, and I forgot the number. It was either three or four bags of toys, and I'm like, "How did you get that?" And my father told my mother and and me that. The day before, he had hit the number, 
the illegal number, not the New York State lottery number. I don't. They, matter of fact, there wasn't a daily number that back then. Back then, it was only the lottery. It wasn't the daily number. He play, He said he claimed that he played and hit the number, and he and with the five hundred dollars he went and he bought us all Christmas gifts. So the next morning, we open up our gifts and I get my football, I get my helmet, and I get my boxing gloves. And, man, I run up to my father, I grab him, and I hug him hard. I find out, years later, I find I found out that uh, he didn't hit the number. And I knew he didn't hit the number. Found out that he went and sold pills for some guy. He sold a bunch of pills and got $500 in return. And he used that 500 to buy Christmas gifts. For his children Now My father At that point in time Was a two time felon The Rockefeller uh, Laws had already Come into effect The two times He was convicted Were For drug possession The third time He would have been Sent away for the rest Of his life At 28 Going on 29 He would turn 29 In February Of 78 No matter of fact I'm wrong my mother was 30, and my father would have turned 30 in February. My mother had just turned 30 years old. I'm sorry. My, bo- my mother was born in 47, December of 47. Okay. So my mother was 30. My father was about to turn 30. If my father would have got busted selling those pills to undercover cop or whatever, it would have been three strikes, you're out. He took a chance. Why did he take a chance? Because he didn't want his kids... To not have Christmas He wanted to make sure that his kids Had a Christmas So he took a chance In ruining The rest of his life And our lives By selling those pills Now I don't condone what he did But you have to know my father To understand why he did what he did He did whatever he could For his kids my father had a limited education. He was a high school dropout. He might have had a fifth grade reading reading um reading level. My father was street smart. And my father protected his family like a lion protects his cubs, like a bear protects his cubs. And he did not want to see his kids not have any gifts on Christmas. So he went and did what he could. And man, we were happy that morning. I was to this day, it's my one of my two favorite Christmases of all time. I will talk about my second favorite Christmas later on in the podcast. I'm only going to give you guys two Christmas stories this year because I've got a bunch of Christmas stories from listeners, and I want to save my Christmas stories for as long as I do the annual Christmas podcast. But that day, and I, and I remember that Christmas morning, my father sat at the at the kitchen table and he was eating his bre- he was eating his breakfast, which was his uh, his favorite was cornflakes with bananas. And I could see a relief. I could see him relieved that his kids were happy and that he had dodged a bullet by selling those pills illegally. Damn, damn. OG Rap Silver. Man, 
Christmas adventures, man. I remember one year I had like three different women looking for this one toy, something called Baby Alive, man, that I had to get for one of my daughters. I ran around Baltimore City and County, I swear, for like two days between me and them women looking for this one doll called Baby Alive. I finally found, I finally got one of them to get it for me. And you'll think, man, you'll think we hit the lotto or something, man. Daughter woke up, she seen that damn doll. Man, I swear, I was the coolest guy for the, I was the coolest guy that Christmas. I got the doll, I got the baby alive. So yeah, I ain't really too big on the holidays or nothing, but that right there, that was, that was a funny one. That's probably one of my best memories of Christmas. Good evening, everyone. This is Donald Peoples. I am a librarian at Brooklyn Public Library. One of my best Christmases was in 2008. I celebrated Christmas with my mother, Elizabeth, my Aunt Frida, my uncle-in-law, Eddie, my cousins Jasmine and Winter, and my Uncle Eddie. It was a great Christmas. I was able to speak to my great-grandmother, Elizabeth Hart McAllister, for the first time ever. I've never met nor spoke to her, so that was a great opportunity to spend some Christmas time on the phone with her. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't raised... Um, on that side of the family to have met my great-grandmother, but to speak to her was life-changing. And I was so elated to actually speak to her. I heard so much about her, but I never met her, never met her in person. Um, she is no longer here with us in the physical realm, but just talking to her on the phone um, changed my life in so many different ways. So that was a memorable Christmas for me. And it was the same Christmas um, in, on which Earth the Kid passed away. So um, that Christmas was um, bittersweet. The fact that I spoke to my great-grandmother for the first time on the telephone, um, and she was from South Carolina, and to have heard about the death of Earth the Kid. Very, very bittersweet, but I celebrated it no matter what, and nevertheless. So I would say that was my, one of my best Christmas memories. Again, my name is Donald, Donald Peoples, and I am a librarian at Brooklyn Public Library. Have a great day. Toys. One warm December, our hearts will see a world where men are free. Mm, someday at Christmas, there'll be no wars. 
Shout out to the brothers Cecil and Donald for those great memories that they talked about in their voice notes. Um, wonderful, wonderful. And um, both are great brothers. Cecil from Baltimore, truck driver, CDL. Donald has a book hopefully coming out next year on the history of black actors and actresses in soap operas. Great dude, highly intelligent, a few years younger than me, but his knowledge on politics, television, movies, music is on the same level as me. The man is a brilliant, brilliant man, and I can't wait for his book to come out so I could have him on this podcast to talk about it and for you guys to try and buy it. Because I will put the link in the description of the podcast So uh, Merry Christmas to both Donald and Cecil Now before we play Silent Night I want to talk about The night that I had my first Christmas with my son Minus his mother when my son was two years old, his mother, who I was living with at the time, with my son, my, my beloved son Peter, who unfortunately, March of this year, passed away at the tender age of 29. When he was two years old, 
his mother began smoking crack and, and became addicted to crack. Soon as I found out, and this was a month before Christmas, this was right before Thanksgiving of 1994. My son was two years old. I ripped into Missy, cursed her out, told her, uh-uh, uh-uh, we're not playing this shit. I grabbed my shit, I grabbed my son's shit, and I moved back in with my parents. Christmas Day of 1994 was the first Christmas in which Peter spent with me, my parents, my sister Christine, who was still living with us at the time, and my brother Charlie. Now, I only stayed with my parents for two for two months because in January, the following month of 1995, I moved to Canarsie with my son to be closer to my with to my then girlfriend Antoinette at the time because she lived in Flatlands, and anybody from Brooklyn knows that Flatlands and Canarsie are adjoining communities in Brooklyn. So, Christmas Day 1994 was a beautiful, beautiful Christmas day. It was beautiful. Um, I remember it like it was yesterday. My parents' tradition was always to make the Christmas tree the night before Christmas, Christmas Eve. When we all go to sleep, they make the tree, and then we wake up in the morning, they see the tree. And I had in the corner of the of the living room was this big box and it had been there since before i had left missy i had bought this christmas gift for my son peter back in september and i left it at my parents house because we were all going to go to my parents house anyway for christmas before i discovered that uh missy had become a crackhead so the couple of weeks leading to Christmas, my son kept walking past the big box and, and was like, you know, is that for me? 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 Is that for me, Dad? Is that for me? And I'm like, no, that's not your gift. Leave that gift alone. That gift is for another kid. My parents used to do that shit to us all the time. Talk about the kid, the 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 the, the gifts that are wrapped up inside the closet. Or for other kids. We knew better. But, you know, my parents, you know, they had to kayfabe it. They had to, you know, say that Santa was coming. I said, no, 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 no. I told my son, Santa hasn't come and brought you gifts yet. That big box, it's for another kid. Christmas morning, my son and I wake up. Now, before before that, before we went to sleep that night, my son and I were sharing the same room. He had a small... I had a bunk bed that I had broken into. The, the bunk bed that my brother and I used to sleep in, I broke it down, and he slept in one bed. I slept in one bed, and my brother, who was still staying with us at the time, slept in the living room. And the other bedroom was my sister's bed, my sister Christine's bedroom. So my son is laying there. It's two o'clock in the morning, and he was like, "Can I? Can I? Can I go see what?" Uh, grandma and grandpa doing out out in the living room because at that point in time we're grown we're grown i'm 26 uh my brother is 22 
and my sister Christine is 23. Whatever Christmas gifts we're getting, we're not expecting anything big. Even though my parents did get us some gifts, it was inconsequential. The majority of the gifts, 98% of the gifts from my sister, from my brother, from me, and from my parents were for my two-year-old son, Peter, because he was the only child in the family. I have another sister, the one I mentioned earlier, Melissa. At that point in time, she had been outcast from the family um, due to some shit she did prior. I'm not going to get into it. Just say that for all intents and purposes, she was dead to us. And I'm going to leave it at that. If you want to know more, go check out the Nas and Tupac podcast. I talked all about my crazy ass fucking youngest sister. Anyway. 98% of the gifts were for him, all right? And they're wrapping all the gifts because we wrote, we we let we let our parents wrap the gifts because they love doing that, making the tree. My father and mother got a kick out of doing that on Christmas Eve. So my son, Peter, he's, he's laying in the bed, and he's like, I want to go see what grandma and grandpa. I said, no, no, no. They're cooking. They're getting, they're getting the stuff ready for Santa Claus. If you don't go to sleep, Santa's not coming down. And he's like, no, but uh. so at that point in time, I hooked up my CD Walkman to the boombox I had, to the auxiliary part of the boombox. And we played Silent Night. We played This Christmas. I was playing all these Christmas songs that I had on a, on a Christmas CD. And my son was loving Silent Night. He was like, he had never heard it before. And he's two years old. And he's trying to learn the words. Now, he's two years old. He's a very brilliant two-year-old boy. And finally, he fell asleep to Silent Night. The next morning we get up, he runs out there. And from the ages of two to, I would say, when my son was 12, 13, Whenever Christmas morning came, he always hit the biggest gift first. And when he saw that my father said that big box, the one I had mentioned earlier, was for him, he was like, I knew it. I knew it was for me. And he ripped it open. I had bought him a big-ass car, a big-ass uh, toy car that was huge. It was bigger than him. And he would keep riding that it was so big that when he was nine ten years old he was still able to fit in that car and drive it around that gift lasted him for at least eight seven eight years and he was riding around in the living room with the car he didn't want to be bothered with all the other gifts and they were like well, michael we got all these other toys and he was like no 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 I, I want to play with my toys so for the rest of the day he had all these toys that were piled up and finally and this was 8 o'clock in the morning. Finally, 3, 4 o'clock in the, in the afternoon, he got tired of playing with, 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 with his car, and he started ripping open all the other gifts. And he got a bunch of, he got wrestling dolls. I remember, um, what the, what, what, what wrestling dolls did, did he have? The Not the action figures. He had Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Savage, and um, my brother, was it Undertaker? I forget. It's been so early signs of dementia. Anyway, he had a bunch of that, a uh, bunch of coloring books that my parents had got him, uh, a 
bunch of I don't know why they wasted their money, but you know, uh, operation board games that my, my son wasn't interested in playing that. But he had all these toys, a uh, uh, Spider Man, a uh, Spider Man action figures, small Spider Man cars, and my son's favorite superhero until the day he died was Spider Man. He had a Spider Man infatuation. He he had a oh. It's a beautiful Christmas, beautiful Christmas. And my parents were sitting there. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, the cover art of this podcast is a picture of my son. It's a picture of my son enjoying Christmas. All right. I think that was the following year, Christmas 1995. That wasn't Christmas 1994. But um, I was looking for pictures from Christmas 1994. It was hard to find. We took pictures. I know it's somewhere in one of these fucking scrapbooks that my mother kept. But I had that one because that one was in my personal collection. Anyway, my parents had a ball that day because they were really, they, they, they loved, they loved, and my father loved Peter. And Peter was my mother's heart. And I'm so happy that I was able to give them a grandson that they could cherish. My father was 52 when he passed, and my son was had just turned eight years old. But for all eight of Peter's years, my father cherished and loved every ounce of that boy. He did whatever he could for that boy. He spoiled that boy. And my mother spoiled my my, my uh, her grandson, my son. Even though at the end, the last eight years, oh man, nine years of my son's life, he totally ignored my mother. The only time he would call my mother or come see my mother was because he needed something and he had his demons he had his vices and my mother because he loved she loved him so much would allow herself to be conned into giving him money but i digress that that's later on and let me just speak about that beautiful day christmas 1994 and while he's opening up all his gifts, he's like, where's Chi-Chi? Chi-Chi was his nickname for Missy. It's like, where's Chi-Chi? Why Chi-Chi isn't here? I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to say. So my mother stepped in and said, Chi-Chi is not feeling well. Chi-Chi has to get better. So Chi-Chi can't see you right now. And Peter started crying. But I miss Chi-Chi. Now, I could not contact Chi-Chi that day because Chi-Chi was somewhere getting high. And I did not want to see my son seeing her on Christmas Day high. And I've talked about when he did see her later on in life and how it broke his heart and how she broke his heart over and over again. But once again, I digress. Let me just speak about that Christmas night that Christmas day, that Christmas morning. He was sad that there was no Chi-Chi there, but he was amongst the rest of his family. He started enjoying his toys, especially that car. 
That car, man, I've got to find pictures of that car and post them on on, on social media. Cause that was his that was his car. Whenever whenever kids from his later on in, in kindergarten, pre-K, daycare, and the parents would bring the kids over to uh my mother's apartment to see my uh, uh to, to to have the kids have a play date with, with my son. They would be mesmerized by that car. A red, it was a red Cadillac. <laughs> oh man, it was worth every penny, man. Ah man, it was worth every penny. That shit was expensive, but it was worth every penny. What a what a wonderful Christmas! And it was the first Christmas that it was just him and I together, single father, single child, single son. With my parents, my brother and sister. And a month later, we would move to Brooklyn, Canarsie. But we would move back in with my parents a week before Christmas 1995. I had my roommate. I had a female roommate who was a lesbian. I'll talk more about that in future podcasts because there's stories concerning her that I haven't brought up. On this podcast that I will later on But It didn't work out Because she She was a lying conniving Lesbo I'll leave it at that And so A week before Christmas 1995 December 18th 1995 We came back to move in with my parents And Christmas 1995 was another beautiful day one last thing about Christmas 1994, around 5, 36 o'clock, Antoinette showed up with her toys for, for Peter. And this was, this was the first time Peter had seen Antoinette because I kept Peter away from Antoinette while I was still living with his mother. I didn't want Peter to know that. I was cheating on his on his mother because I did cheat on his mother several times. So this was the first time he met Antoinette, and he ran to Antoinette and gave her a big gave her a big love. I Peter, like me, could tell if a woman was beautiful, and he would use him being young, even at two, when he was six, when he was ten, to a uh, cop a free feel on my on whoever my girlfriend was. <laughs> He gave Antoinette a big hug, and Antoinette instantly fell in love with Peter. Oh, Rob, Rob, you so right. He's the most adorable little thing. He's precious. Well, I showed I showed you all the pictures of him. I know, but he's even more beautiful in person than the pictures you showed me. And he sat on her lap while she read to him, and they played. And I sat there, and I was like, damn, this is this is just a perfect Christmas day. We will now play Silent Night. After Silent Night, we'll hear a couple of more Christmas notes. And I will be back later on in the podcast with a special treat. For the night before Christmas... Creature was stirring, not even a mouse. In my mind, 
Growing up, I loved Christmas so much. Um, I always would get so excited around the holiday season just to be around family, open gifts, and enjoy good food. And one of my most memorable Christmas memories involves a little bit of mischief. Um, when I was very young, about four or five years old, my mom and I lived with my grandmother. And in my grandmother's house also lived my grandmother, grandfather, my uncle, and my Aunt Cindy, who has Down syndrome. And I love Aunt Cindy so much. Um, because of her disability, her mindset was childlike, so she and I would play together a lot, like she was a big sister to me. And we were both super excited for Christmas one year and stayed up late on Christmas Eve. My grandmother let us sleep in a den and watch Christmas movies all night. And so the next morning on Christmas Day, I woke up in the morning to a loud scream from my uncle, who was in his teens at the time, calling for my grandma. And everyone in the house got up and rushed to the living room to see Cindy on the floor half asleep and everyone's gifts unwrapped. Now, I, of course, was happy to see a bunch of toys, but I don't think the rest of the family was very happy. Um, aside from that, my favorite traditions include watching Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown Christmas in National Lampoon with my grandma. She would make us popcorn, cookies, and hot chocolate. And although I wasn't a big fan of church, I also loved Christmas Eve church service with my grandma. After performing in a play or reciting our Christmas speeches, I would slide back into the seat next to my grandmother and rest my head on her shoulder and fall asleep listening to the church choir. So those are just a few of my favorite Christmas memories and traditions. Um, thank you, Rob, for having me. And I hope that you and everyone else that listens to the podcast have a safe and wonderful holiday season. Peace out. Hey, Rob. Hey, everybody. It's me again, Sugar Shan. My grandmother, who was the closest personification of God I've ever witnessed on this green earth, was born on Christmas Day. How a Christmas angel gave birth to the hellion that gave birth to me is a Christmas mystery, but then again, they say Lucifer is one of God's kids too, so there's that, I guess. But if not for grandma, Christmases could be pretty crappy, and the happiness of the day relied directly on physical proximity to her. So there's a few things that may contribute to my not being the most Christmassy of people, but my dislike for Christmas carols isn't one of them. It's just a form of music that I don't particularly enjoy. You would think after raising three children, I would gain some affinity for Christmas carols because when your kids are little, you actually have to pretend you love Christmas, whether you do or you don't. So I recreated all the things that I do love about this time of year until they were grown enough not to care too much anymore, and then I pretty much let it go. Of course, we still have the same loving holiday get-togethers, just with a little tree, and I don't have to drag out the Christmas village where I painted everybody black or put up Christmas lights and decorations from here to yonder. Or maybe I'll get back to that stuff once I have some grandbabies, so if they don't like it, that's on them. Now, luckily for them, their dad is the most Christmassy person I know. 
when it comes to Christmas carols, he starts them out before Thanksgiving and I'm plagued with them pretty much up until Valentine's Day. Now, this may be an exaggeration, but I don't think so. It's all Christmas carols all day and all night over and over and over to the point that every squeal about who's coming to town from those five otherwise extraordinarily talented young men from Indiana is like a stab in the eye with a dull spoon. I like off the beaten path stuff like Chuck Brown doing Merry Christmas Baby because Go-Go makes everything better. Something I had to admit from my daughter's years in D.C. at Howard. I like Barbara Streisand's rendition of Jingle Bells for reasons only God knows why. And George Michael saying he gave his heart away and somebody stomped on it amuses me. So I can hear those once in a while and not have a cow. But you have to be a gargoyle with a heart of stone to hear Donny Hathaway singing This Christmas and not melt. And of course, I love Mr. Cole singing his Christmas song and Vanessa asking whose kid is this and Luther listing his favorite things and Nancy singing about that little boy banging on his drum and just thinking about Mariah actually making a Christmas carol that has become a timeless classic. Now that's a feat beyond comprehension and it's impressive, but there's nothing and I mean nothing that could make me wake up and say, hey, let me go put on that Christmas album no matter what day it is. But even a stone-cold, tiny-hearted, bah-humbug Grinch like myself is helpless to remain so in the face of the temptation's rendition of Silent Night. I'm convinced that no one with even a sliver of a soul can resist it. The clarity, the arrangement, the singular beauty of the combination of voices ring in your ears and you're compelled to stop in your tracks and revel in it. When they go from one of the most beautiful examples of falsetto with Eddie Kindred's twinkling in your ear and the core shaking bass of Melvin Franklin rumbling your soul, you're transfixed to the spot, remembering only the best and most golden of times. And that little Grinch heart grows two sizes and Christmas spirit is just poured all into you, whether you want it or not. And it will forever be my favorite of all time. I mean, taking a song that was written in the 1800s by some German dude with a broken piano, and then in the 1980s, turning it into something that's become a beacon of hope to our community from the moment Eddie invites you into his mind for a glimpse of Christmases gone by. It's a reminder that love is real wealth. And it's also some cultural appropriation that I can get down with. And I can say it's one of the few times we culturally appropriated something from them. But all they can say is, Thank you. Because as usual, we took some crap they did and made it infinitely better. Because, baby, one thing we gonna do is spin straw into some gold. Happy everything, everybody. Enjoy whatever holiday you hold dear. And have a joyful and healthy new year. Peace out, y'all. Man, just beautiful remembrances by both Shannon and Arielle. Two of my favorite listeners, two, uh, two people that I've grown to become friends with outside of Twitter, outside the show, met them on Twitter. Then they started listening to the podcast and they are very loyal listeners, always contribute heartfelt, heartfelt voice notes. And both are great mothers. And everybody knows that the one thing Rob Silver Loves more than anything in this planet other than his family, other than my beloved son, other than my mother. Are black women that are great mothers. And these two are very great black mothers. I have a, I have a treat for everybody. It's a small treat, a small surprise. My lady Mia. 
today is driving to Rochester to see her family for Christmas. But before she left, she sent me a short voice note. Now, it's only 10 to 11 seconds, but you will hear in her voice what she thinks of everybody out there, the listeners and the whole nine. I will send it to her, and then we will play my all-time favorite Christmas song, a song that I'm dedicating to her. And so, Mia, while you're out there in Rochester listening with your family, my gift to you is dedicated to you. Merry Christmas. I hope you have a wonderful holiday. Much love, light, and peace to you and your family.
Hey Rob, um, <clears throat> first off, Merry Christmas to you and the family. Um, I hope all is well. It's been a rough year, I know, for you. And I'm just praying that this uh, holiday season can bring you some joy and, um, you know, that you can cherish uh, some memories and, and just have a good time and um, just feel the love and support um that you give to everyone so merry christmas i love you and i just thank you for being a good friend and um yes just cheers and blessings to 2023 but um just want to talk about a few christmas memories that i have um starting back when i was a child of course going back to the 90s i just remember um baking gingerbread with my grandma that was our Christmas tradition, uh, just watching the snowfall. just feel like it was such a simpler time back then. We just chilled out for the most part, and it wasn't a lot of pressure on me, of course, because I was a kid, so I was just looking forward to everything. But um, <clears throat> when my grandma passed away, um, just began to do those uh, same types of things within my immediate family with my mom. We would bake cookies and watch Christmas movies and um on the radio here in Chicago the st- station that plays the dusties they will play you know some of the famous black christmas songs that we love um you know silent night of course the temptations um luther vandross every year every christmas is one that sticks out um what do the lonely do at christmas this christmas um um michael jackson um and the jackson 5 all their Christmas songs, so I just remember those so vividly, and um, knowing that there were, I don't think we ever believed in Santa, but it was still just an anticipation of those gifts being under the tree and waking up to them, and I don't know how my parents made it happen, because they didn't have a lot of money, but me and all my siblings were blessed every year with something, and um, I appreciate that, so, um, you know, now, we carry on our traditions the best way we can. Um, I'm the oldest of six siblings, and we're all pretty much grown. So <clears throat> instead of me buying gifts like I used to do for everyone, because <laughs> I'm the oldest, now we just kind of do a big grab bag and, um, you know, meet up on Christmas Day at my mom's, still have dinner, play games. And as long as we together, that's all that matters to me. Christmas is my favorite holiday. Um, I remember as a teenager working in downtown Chicago and how they go all out for Christmas and they light up Michigan Avenue and have that parade and all the stores are decorated and people come in to shop and um, those were some of the best times and um, I'm looking forward to that. So um, I am very excited to hear some of your stories because I know you got some uh, good ones and some of the other listeners. But um, once again, you all just have a happy, blessed holiday season, no matter what you're celebrating. Um, Just take time to rest and reflect and just enjoy because it's always so much going on. Um, So (laughs) many things that you know, are sorrowful and bad and going on in our culture now. So just to reflect on some of the blessings that we have and spend time with those that we love, Um, even if it's not no gifts involved or anything, it's just a a gift to be here and a blessing to be here with those that you love. 
And um, I just thank you once again for the opportunity to be on the pod and share some of my memories. And I just give you all the peace and love that you deserve. And I hope you have a great Christmas. Hey, Robert. Thank you for asking me to share my favorite Christmas holiday that I can think of. And I don't have one, not just one. It's more like a period of time when everybody was alive. When everybody was alive. Everybody that I grew up having in my life when they were alive. That was my favorite period of time when it came to holidays. And not just Christmas, all of them. But Christmas would um, happen to be my favorite holiday because of the food and the smells. The, um, the smell of evergreen, pine, um the excitement just the spirit of christmas i love gift giving so one of my favorite things is just that experience of choosing something that you know someone's gonna love and then the excitement of waiting for them to have the opportunity to open it and seeing their faces when they open the presents and I gave gifts to everyone, even as a little girl. I gave gifts to everyone. And they always loved my gifts, and they still do. But if I had to choose, it would just be the period of time when I can look upon my grandmother's face, my grandfather, all of my aunts and my uncles, all of my cousins, just that feeling, that experience of us all being together and being happy. And it would last all week because we pretty much spent the entire time together. Like, even after Christmas, my mom and I would go home. We had our own special um, traditions that I still love and cherish. And we carry some of those on now um, with my family. But um, when we got home the very next day our family would go to the mall to spend our gift certificates because that's this was before gift cards and we would spend our gift certificates at the mall like our entire our entire family would go to the mall to spend the gift gift certificates and it was a big deal and then we'd go over to my grandmother and grandfather's house and we would eat leftovers and almost every day that week we'd be together and then new year's eve was another holiday that went into new year's day and we had and still have uh these traditions that we carry on in our family like when um my grandfather was still alive him being the first person to walk in the door so him leaving out of the house after midnight and then walking back in the house and walking through the house. It's a, you know, a, a superstition that it was bad luck for a woman to be the first person to walk in the house on the first day of the year. So you had a man do it. And our family held that tradition and still holds that tradition. So I have too many memories because this is just something that I could, I could go on and on about. 
because I really love family and I love my family and I miss so many of them. So many. But um, Christmas always makes me feel good, even though I'm missing people, because those memories will always stay with me of love, of um, our culture, the spirit of giving, being happy, being grateful, knowing that what we're giving each other is bigger than any gift, that the gift is truly just us. And us being together and loving each other. That was the gift. And that's the gift that I carry with me always. So thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to share this moment. And to share on your podcast this entire year. Blessings to everybody who's listening. And who's um, leaving a note. I've had a wonderful time listening to your lives. Your experiences through this podcast. Thank you, Robert.
So a Christmas memory that stood out for me the most or my most fondest Christmas memory was always just times with my family, um, spending time with my grandparents. Of course, none of my grandparents are here any longer, unfortunately. So, you know, you think back on those things and just realize how blessed you were to have known them and how they assisted my parents, uh, nurturing us growing up, always being there for us. Uh, And, you know, even beyond them, just times with family. You know, many of those family members aren't here, or, you know, some we've we've grown up and become distant. But just my fondest memory has always been family. You know, one of the, the, I guess, one of the gift parts that I really miss about Christmas, not just, you know, how expensive the gifts were, but, you know, as it gets colder, I remember as a young person, my grandparents used to always give the grandkids like gloves, socks, scarves, you know, things to keep us warm. And believe it or not, even in my old age or older age, I always think back when it gets cold, man, and my grandparents were here, I know we wouldn't be lacking for any of these things. But, you know, of course, um, we get jobs and we furnish those things for ourselves. But uh, those were the things that I really miss about coming up during Christmas. You know, you may not have always gotten what you wanted, but we always got what we needed. Um, And then my middle brother (laughs) used to always wake my younger brother up uh, and myself and we would go uh, in the front of the house and open up our presents. So he would like wake us up around four or five o'clock in the morning and mom and dad would still be asleep. And we would, of course, be just in there opening our presents. They'll still be in their room and we'll be playing with our toys and laughing and talking and doing our thing. Um, and he would typically, you know, get us something to eat. So those are the things that I miss most, not necessarily the gifts, but just the times with family and and looking back on those things. And, you know, you just realize how blessed we were and how, you know, we still are if we're fortunate enough to have some of those people still in our lives. And, you know, of course, um, you know, my brothers are still here. My father is now deceased, unfortunately, but my mom is still here. And I look forward to seeing them every holiday season and spending time with them. And we don't necessarily reminisce 
on those times. But, you know, you always feel the love and it comes from just that that nurturing when we were younger. So Christmas is just a time to reflect on how blessed, blessed we are as individuals, how blessed we are as a family to still have each other in our lives and where we can still lean on each other if there's any type of need. So thank you for this, Rob. I'm looking forward to listening to everyone's most fondest Christmas memories and um, happy new year to everyone as well.
Peace. Uncle Rob, what's going on, man? What's going on? It's a pleasure. It's a blessing to be speaking on one of the dopest podcasts, man. Once again, once again, it's on. But yeah, man, let me go ahead and get into it, man. One of the one of the best, some of the best Christmas holiday moments, man, I would have to say. First, I'm gonna start off with uh when my dad, he bought me a um he bought me a PS2. And I believe it came with two games. Um, no, 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 no. It actually came with one game. It came with Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Came with Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and he also bought me Spider Man. You know what I'm saying? But um, unfortunately, the PS2 that was that wasn't what I want. I really wanted the Xbox, but the Xbox was sold out at the time. The Xbox was sold out at the time, so my dad he just uh he got me a PS2 instead, but. I still enjoyed. I still enjoyed it. You know what I'm saying. I still enjoyed it, and then it was only right that he get me the Spider Man game because at that time I was really, I was really a huge Spider Man fan. So you know, that meant a lot. You know what I'm saying. That really meant a lot. And uh, another Christmas, another dope Christmas moment was when my mother she finally found. She finally found a video game that always had a chokehold on me since my childhood. And that video game is Def Jam Fight for New York. Now this game was for was for the um for the GameCube. I mean it was available for GameCube, PS2, and Xbox. But at this time I had a GameCube, you know. Anytime my dad anytime my dad bought a game system, that's that that game system was for me and my brother to share. Which I didn't like that shit, but uh, it is what it is. But yeah, my mother, she bought me a GameCube and she finally found Def Jam Fight for New York for me. Because that game has been out of stock for so many decades, I believe. But my mother, she finally found it. Unfortunately, we uh, she had to buy a used copy, but it, it was what it was. I still enjoyed it. And... um. The other the other special Christmas moments, man, is also when my grandmother, my grandma Maddie was still alive. Unfortunately, she passed away when I was in elementary school. But yeah, when she was still alive, we had we had most of the um holiday gatherings at her house. At her house, her apartment, whatever you whatever whatever you want to call it. Either way, we had we had the um the gatherings at, at her establishment, at her at her residence. So yeah. Those were all those were pretty much all the days of Christmas that I, I really enjoyed. I mean, I still enjoy it today, but I really just look at it as a as a um as just another day off of work, you know what I'm saying? Another day off work to relax and you know and take it easy. But, you know, I know it's still a lot of kids out there, man, you know what I'm saying? And uh I want I want I want all the kids out there to still experience I want I want all the kids to experience the same amount the same amount of good experience I had on a, during the holidays. You know what I'm saying? Don't let anything don't let anything block your holiday spirit, man. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I know I know I know Santa Claus ain't real, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but hey, ain't gonna ain't gonna ain't gonna ain't gonna I'm not gonna be running around here telling telling little kids that you know what I'm saying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let them believe what they want to believe. They just gonna have to. They just gonna have to grow older and believe and believe on um, what I believe right now. You know what I'm saying about Santa Claus. But either way, man, early Merry Christmas to everybody. You know what I'm saying. Happy holidays. You know what I'm saying, man. I'm out. 
OG Rob Silva. Uh, thank you for uh, asking about a Christmas holiday that was uh, very dear to me and uh, one that I particularly cherish. I do cherish every Christmas holiday with my family, but um, one particular year um, just stands out in my mind. Um, it's actually uh, 2009, and um, my um, that year uh, I got custody of my son uh, in October of 2009, uh, and I remember that vividly because I believe the day that I went to court and um, came home, uh, the Yanks won the World Series. That's the last World Series they won. They beat the Phillies. But uh, that Christmas in 2009 um, was just uh, one that I'll really cherish close to my heart because that was the first Christmas that I realized that my son would be spending the rest of his life with me. And the reason that, you know, I really cherish as much as I do is that uh, he's actually on the autism spectrum. And uh, there was a lot of help and, and things that he needed at that time that he wasn't getting. Uh, he wasn't speaking. He was limited vocabulary. And, uh, you know, I just thought about when that Christmas came, I was just so thankful for him being with me and for me to be able to be a part of his life every single day. So uh, that Christmas in, t in 2009, um, it came early. I actually, uh, you know, I got custody in October, but that Christmas actually just had me uh, just doing so much reflection and also um, so much planning and thought process for the future. And uh, I just want to say to everyone on that listens to your podcast and that actually will contribute voice notes and to you, happy, happy holidays. Star I see tonight 
Yo, yo, coming through for the OG Rob Silva, you know what I'm saying? Holiday style from the 215 Philly, Yizzo, Sugar Rob Hill, yo. Um, <laughs> yo, I had a crazy um, Christmas experience, yo. I'm going to take y'all back to 83, a young Sugar Rob Hill. I'm about eight years old, you know what I'm saying? And my brother, he probably like a deuce, you know what I'm saying? Because we six years apart. And, um... You know, as a youngin, you know, at Christmas, you, you know, you go to sleep Christmas Eve, you know, oh my God, you can't sleep. You wake up crack at dawn. I woke up maybe 5.36, woke my little brother up, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, um, proceeded to go through my parents' room and, oh my God, Christmas. Yo, look at all the presents, yo, we got all these presents. And started opening them, yo, and... About an hour later, my mom came through, yo, and opened the door. I was like, if looks could kill, I would not be doing this podcast right now. Yo, my mom was like, what the hell did you do? And I'm like, Merry Christmas. And yo, oh my God, yo, like I got in so much trouble for opening the gifts. That was a lesson well learned. Christmas of 83. I'm telling y'all, yo. Y'all would have, if you would have been there, like, I mean, the excitement as a kid, you see the gifts, you want to open them. But I learned that lesson right then and there, man. You don't open no gift unless that person is either there or gives you permission to open that gift. You, you know, um, just a lesson well learned. You, you know, it, it, and the funny thing about it is that's when I got my, one of my greatest Christmas gifts, you, you know, was my first AM, FM tape recorder you, you, you know so this is 83 i was taping this in my introduction taping sports games and, and and taping off the radio you know when you first start taping off the radio when you try to get it before um the dj start talking or in the ends that was that radio yo and i opened it and my punishment they didn't they didn't whip my ass you, you, you know which i probably deserved but I didn't get an ass whipping. But my punishment was I I couldn't I couldn't play with my toys for two weeks, yo. So it that yo and back then yo like two weeks was like ten years, yo. Like two weeks is like a week or two days now. But back then it was different, yo. And my mom's birthday is like January eighth, so I think she started like. The six or seven, she started feeling like, all right, I did him long enough. You know what I'm saying? And she finally let me broke down and let me, you know, get my gifts and stuff. Um, but that was my memorable Christmas from 83. You, you, you know, opening the, the gifts with me and my brother, it was magical with us. But my mom wanted it to be the same and it wasn't. And listen, lesson very well learned. Um, you know, but. I'm going to tell y'all one thing um, before I get off of this, John. Um, my favorite Christmas song is Merry Little Christmas. And when we did the SWV podcast, you, you know, I got to dig up on some of Coco's um, songs and SWV songs in, in, in general. And I didn't even know they did a Christmas song. And they do some of the ones where, you know, the new edition, um, you know, the new edition Christmas song and... and, and um, I forget, it's another one, but my favorite joint on there is Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas from Coco. It's a song in which, you, you know, the OG, when we did the original podcast, one thing he pointed out about Coco is she never oversings. 
And this is a beautiful display of her um, vocal talents and, you know, her restraint in singing. And if you can, just give it a listen, you know, for your um, Christmas, you know, songs, you know, like Boys the Men and Luther and Donny Hathaway um, and The Temptations, you know, give Coco a play. Um, peace and love from Philly. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Quan Happy Kwanzaa to everyone and all that good shit out there, yo. Love y'all. Hopefully, you know, we doing this again in 2023. Peace. A Christmas memory I cherish the most is probably the Christmas where my family finally got their own place and settled down. Because for a while, we were um, moving around from place to place, from school to school. And I just thought it was normal just to just move around. But when we finally settled down on a place, my parents were happy. I was just, okay, it's a new place to sleep. I didn't think we were going to stay there long, but it was ours. So it's that one. And I can't remember the month or the season that it was when we moved in, but it was definitely before Christmas. So, oh, and this happened about, I want to say 14 years ago. I want to say that. Yeah, I'm 14 years ago. So, that Christmas, um, I wanted, I was always into, like, cars. Like, my dad would always go to Toys R Us every once in a while and just buy, buy cars and toys and all of that. And we'd be making mad noise around the house, but he'll be, he'll be laughing at first, and then when it gets late at night and we still making noise, he'll scream at us, tell us to go to sleep. But I wanted... I wanted this uh, remote control car, right? It was it was a gray, fake BMW, and you could control it with like a remote control. I wanted that, and I wanted a, a PlayStation. Now, also around this time, my older cousin G, he he already like pulled the cover down from my face and told me Santa Claus is real. That's not Santa Claus running around, going from house to house, and she parents, so. I was over there asking my parents, like, months in advance before Christmas, like, can I have this? I want this car, and I want a PlayStation. I knew I couldn't get a P PlayStation 3, so I was like, okay, I'll just get a PlayStation 2 and call it a night. But I was begging my parents, really, for the PlayStation 2. The, the remote control car was if, just in case, they couldn't get it. So, that Christmas, you know, we, that week or whatever, we, uh, Set the tree up, have fun. <laughs> I remember eating all the. I eat all the Christmas tree. Christmas tree. I'm eating all the Christmas tree. Everybody knows that around my house. So I was doing that, having fun that whole week because we had a week off of school. And then that Christmas, I just wake up and there's things wrapped, or gifts wrapped rather. That's what my parents would do. They would they wouldn't even uh, wrap Chris um presents on Christmas. Christmas Eve, and if they did, we would, we couldn't see them, the door was closed, they was doing it real quiet, so the morning we all wake up, me and my sister and my brother, and there's gifts all on the, on the Christmas tree, or under the Christmas tree, so of course as kids, you know, we run up, we run up, we run up, and I'm the first one to wake up, let me just say that, I, I'm the early bird, and I wake up at like 7 in the morning, and I run downstairs, and I wake up, and I make noise and wake up everybody in the house, so... I go in and I see my name. And it's two gifts. It's this big gift, so I'm assuming it's the PS2. And 
I look at my dad and he's smiling like, open it, open it. So I open it and it's the PlayStation 2. And I go and I hug both my parents real tight. And she you know, thank you, thank you, thank you, I love you. All right, and then the next gift was, he got me, a, he didn't give me a toy. He got me a, a, a race car game. I, I think it was, no, nah, I wasn't that uh, NASCAR, but uh, NASCAR, what is it? Uh, Need for Speed, it wasn't that, but it was some uh, race car game, and I played that all day as soon as I sent my piece to him. But I also remember, like, my dad, he, uh, we had a TV in a, in a in a game room or not a game room, the basement. The basement was was our game room. Me and my brother, that's our game room. So he sets it up on the TV for us, and he's what he what my dad used to do is he'll make sure, he'll read the manual and tell us where to put the um the cords or the plug. So and that kind of helped as I got older. I just it's easy for me to set things up and take things apart now, but. You know, I remember him instructing me to put this plug here, put that cord there, right? I remember that. I remember my brother just sitting there watching me play it, and then I would share with him. And then he's the one that got the remote control car. So that, that's funny. He's the one that got the remote control car. And I remember it was eggnog in the house. That was like the first memory I have, drinking eggnog. And then that same day, we all gather around in my parents' room and we're watching Home Alone. So that's kind of how we ended the night. And I think my sister got, my sister's really into art. Like she's real, um, she's extremely talented. So my my mom, she they got her a coloring book, they got her painting, but later down the road, she realized she's not a painter. She <laughs> made a lot of messes and that ended up <laughs> pissing my mom off because she had to clean it up every time. <laughs> oh, that was funny. But, yeah, that's the Christmas memory I, I cherish the most. Yeah, Christmas my favorite holiday. Just because it brings me happiness. It makes me think of joy. As it should. But, that's my that's my Christmas story. It, it sounds like I was rambling, but that's my Christmas memory. Um, Rob, thank you. Thank you very much for letting me share a Christmas memory of mine on your platform. I appreciate you way more than you know. You helped me learn. And I appreciate that very much about you. Uh, happy holidays to you and your family. And to everybody else, happy holidays to them too. Peace. It's Christmas holiday
Hey Rob, this is Lala. One of my most favorite Christmas memories had to be the year probably that I got that Mariah Carey CD and um, my five disc stereo. And um, it was funny because that year my stepfather sat me down and he told me, you know, it's a little rough this year. We might not, you know, you might not get all the things that you want, but we're going to try to get you everything you want. And Christmas was like really big in our household. We held family breakfast and family dinner there every year. And everyone came over and they always, I don't know, they always pulled this thing where we thought we weren't getting gifts, but they never said that to us. We would just be looking under the tree like, okay. Christmas in a couple more days where are the gifts and I know one year the year before I got this stereo um, me and my sister went and took a shower came upstairs 
and seeing the Christmas tree lit up with all these presents underneath it. And I was so confused. I'm like, where did those gifts come from? How did they wrap them all in, you know, such a short amount of time? And I was in every room in the house. (laughs) So like, where were they hiding? I was in the garage. I was in my sister's room, my brother's room, any room in the house. So I don't know, but it was probably hidden in plain sight. Um, So then that following year when I got that stereo, my stepfather sat me down like I said, and said, um, you know, it's, it's very rough. So I thought like he was just playing a joke because every year gifts magically appeared on the tree. Just, it was always a random time when we least expected before Christmas. So we got all the way up to Christmas Eve and I still didn't see any gifts. And so I was disappointed and I don't know why, because I never really wanted for anything. We always had everything. So they would really give us the circulars and say, circle what you want. Cause you know, it was just the joy of opening the gifts. And, um, my sister woke up the next morning and she went, I don't know. I think she went to see if breakfast was getting started or something. And Hey, Lay. Hey. That's and, to eat. Yeah. And I feel better to have a frappe. Okay. And, um, you know, she comes back in the room and she says, there's presents under the tree. And I'm like, oh, you're really trying to, like, trick me. That's cruel. You know, like, that's not right. And she's like, no, I'm serious. Like, there's gifts under the tree. So I jumped up, went into the living room, and it it was so many gifts there. And I was just like, how did they do that? Like, because when he sat me down, I knew he was serious, but I didn't really trust it because they had this thing about just like I said surprising us with gifts as you know we got closer to Christmas whether it be the night before a few nights before or whatever and um come to find out no (laughs) come to find out there really was an issue he um had got one bonus check from his job and didn't get the other one so like being that Christmas like I said was like a big deal to my whole family like you know, it would be hard to get me everything I wanted because they still had to make breakfast. They still had to buy for my nieces and my nephews. They still had a tons <laughs> of family members coming over. But also, that was, I mean, it was special. Um, the other, I know you said one special memory, but another one that I hold close and dear to my heart was um, when... I moved to my new place and I guess I had got myself into some kind of debt where I owed a couple of, well, I owed more than a couple of dollars. I owed almost the maximum amount to my, to like four different credit cards. And my daughter was kind of the same way. She kind of had everything she wanted. So I was just trying to find stuff to give her just to open up the gifts and just feel good and stuff. So this particular year, I was like, maybe I shouldn't buy anything or, you know, maybe get a couple of things. But there were things that I seen that I knew she would enjoy. I knew that we could play together and stuff. And I also wanted to get my mother and her current boyfriend since she divorced from my stepfather a gift and the rest of my family a gift so this year 
something was telling me like not this year but that particular year something was telling me like just max those cars out and I'm thinking to myself like that is the dumbest thing I could do but I did it I got everyone a gift I wanted to host breakfast at my house I didn't host dinner and I did and everyone came over and they were like you know so elated to see all the gifts and they enjoyed breakfast and I felt good like I did a good deed and I guess that voice that was telling me to do it you know really had to be God because the same like that Christmas I still went to work and my clients gave me a nice check that paid off those four credit cards and still left me with money of my own and they didn't know what was going on they just we really had a close relationship me and this particular client and this client's family so they all put their money together and wrote me a a large check and you know I was thinking God because I was like okay I guess I did what I was supposed to do you know so those were like two of my favorite moments so you know um thank you for having me i 
said the king to the people everywhere Listen to what I say Pray for peace, people everywhere Listen to what I say A child, a child Sleeping in the night He will bring us goodness and light He will bring us goodness and Hey Rob, this is Tasha. Uh, Sleeper has awakened again. Thank you for inviting me to bring in my favorite Christmas. Um, a little background story in my family is that um, yes, I'm from New Jersey, Jersey Shore. Proud, very proud to be a Shore girl. Um, but my family is a little different in our ethnic background. Is that I am black and German. Um, just to bring a little bit more is that my grandparents met each other in Germany in World War II and it took them like 12 years to get married because of the fact that being my grandfather was black and my grandmother being German, you know, it took them a while to get together. So my mom and my uncle were born in Germany. So I, my mother is more German background and, and heritage. So when they came here, my mother became a citizen in 1976. So just having that little bit of background, we've always had a mixture of the two cultures together. So for Christmas, um, again, you know, having my grandparents were around. So in 87 was the last Christmas. Um, my grandparents were alive. They died the next year in 88. Um, so 87 was the last one and it had everyone. So in our family, because we have those two cultures, we celebrate like two types of Christmases. Um, you, of course, everybody, we have the big Christmas, you know, everybody, you know, 20, on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and so on and so forth. Also in um, German culture, we celebrate St. Nikolaus Day. So on the 5th of, of December, we all put out our shoes. And if you've been good, you get candy in your shoes. And if you've been bad, you get coal and you get a switch. <laughs> and so if everybody remembers switches. So, and of course, you would post be visited instead of by St. Nikolaus, you'd be um, visited by Krumpus. So that was something growing up. So it's a little different perspective, but that was the last Christmas we were all together. Um, you know, my aunts, my family, you know, it's weird, you know, <laughs> you have a big black family, but you also have this little German lady and my mother, you know, running around and they, you know, German accent talking about, you know, where's the chicken? <laughs> you know, we got to get the turkey. So, you know, it's, it was fun. And I missed that. I missed that so much. And, you know, after a while, you know, my grandparents, again, they died in 88. And then I lost an aunt in 2005. And then another one in 2009. And my brother and I moved 
with my mother. We moved to Maryland. Now my brother's in California and the rest of my family is in New Jersey. But we haven't had that big family, family Christmas. And that was always my favorite. It was just seeing everybody around, um, not knowing that that would have been the last Christmas that we had as a family unit. So that was my favorite. And I am so glad that we have it on tape. So I do have a recording. So it's the last recording I have of my grandparents and stuff. But that was really, really fun for me. I mean, it took me a while to get to Christmas again, to really enjoy it. And it took me to have children. And now I'm back in it. But, you know, again, it's smaller. You know, we used to have Christmas Eve parties and we used to have all, you know, my mother always said that Christmas Eve was for adults and Christmas Day was for children. So it was always a big thing in my family being so big. We always had big parties. But now it's like smaller. You know, it's me, my kids, my husband, my mom. But the rest of the family is gone. I mean, not gone, but they're all in different places. So it's always, you know, bittersweet. I loved having all of my family together. I still do. But I do miss that, and I'll always remember that as my favorite Christmas. So, all right, you guys have a good Christmas, and um, happy holidays, and you guys take care of yourselves. Looking forward to a new year. Bye. Hello? Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? Um, I'm good, I'm good. What's been going on? Oh, not much. I'm just getting ready for the holidays. That's about it. How about you? You good? Um, yeah, same thing. Just uh, getting ready and stuff. Um, you um, you still with the guy? What's his name? Steve-O? <laughs> <laughs> Steven, yes, we're still together. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, how about you and your friend? What's, what's her name? Um, oh, you, you know her name. Shaquanda. Yes, <laughs> Shaquanda. Yes. Yeah. No, we're, we're good. We're, same thing, getting ready for the holidays and, you know, I was just, you know, holidays and I've been, you know, I was kind of thinking about you, so I wanted to call and say, hey, you know. I'm glad you called. Yeah, I'm glad I called too. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light from If the fates are
What is going on, everybody? This is JR from the R&B Representatives, and I want to thank my bro again, Rob. Yo, you got me talking yet again, but uh, this one is about Christmas, and uh, Christmas is also kind of hard for me and my family, and definitely we just actually just lost someone, uh, a very close, you know, friend of the family, and, um, you know, it's always the holidays. It's always seemed to you know, hits you kind of hard. And the holidays has always been kind of hard for my family since 2010. And, um, you know, my grandfather who introduced the whole thing, introduced my mom into music who she taught me. And um, we lost him at uh, the end of 2010. And um, in the beginning of 2020, we lost my grandma. And uh, it's been, it's been kind of tough. You know what I mean? Last year was kind of really hard because we didn't have both of them and they were kind of the rock of the family. But it, it's sad. But now it just makes me when I listen to music and listen to Christmas music, it makes me happy. Like we had a, a cassette that my grandma brought in 1991 and uh, it's called The Soul Christmas. And, uh, you know, anytime I think about it now, it just makes me smile. It makes me laugh because the first song that I knew all the lyrics to at the age of two years old was called Carla Thomas, G Wiz is Christmas. And my family used to love me singing it as a little kid because they like, he's only two years old and he knows all the lyrics. So, you know, when I think about that song, it, it really makes me think of just me being young and just trying to perform in front of them and sing and Probably was off key a little bit, but, you know, they just liked it because it was like, yo, he's so young and he knows this song. And it's not one of the current songs like, uh, you know, Alexander O'Neill doing something or Stephanie Mills just came out with an album in 1991. And then, you know, Luther and all these. But I'm singing, you know, these, you know, Carla Thomas. This song came out in the 60s and my family is just like he... He loves this, you know what I mean? So I think that was the first time that they knew, wait a minute, he's adapting to this old music here. You know what I mean? And, you know, definitely on that record, you had, you know, Backdoor Santa by Clarence uh, Carter. And you had, you know, Every Day Will Be Like a Holiday from the uh, Sweet Inspirations. And you had, um, you know, uh, Marsley Joseph with Christmas Gift and... Um, you know, uh, what else was on that, that, that album? Um, you know, you had Luther, uh, uh, Merry Christmas or the Christmas for the Christmas this year. Bring a happiness, you see. Bring a happiness. That's what it was. And then Donny Hathaway, of course, this Christmas. And, you know, anytime December comes around, we, we will put that cassette in there. And to this day, we still have that cassette and we still play it. Christmas time. And I think the first time that we played it when my grandfather had passed in 2010, we all kind of cried and got it out because we were missing him. And then we just, after we all started crying, we all started singing and it just felt good. And now, you know, my mom has an entertainment system where she has the eight track, she has the record player, she has the cassette. And my, and we still have that cassette that we had 
that my grandmother brought on Canal Street back in 1991. We still have that cassette and we play it all the time. And I can't wait to listen to it this year so I can just sing along and sing along to Backdoor Santa, knowing that Run DMC used that same song for uh, Christmas and Hollis. And it's just, it just, you know, it makes you, it makes me smile. And it just, you know, even though we're dealing with some tough times right now, I know that when we play that album, me and my mom is going to sing along. We're going to laugh. We're going to drink. We're going to just have a good time. And, you know, um, it, it, it sucks around the holidays, but just playing that 1991 Christmas, soul Christmas, just brings me so much joy. And I can't wait to play it. And um, I want to thank my brother, Rob, for letting me get this time to kind of just vent a little bit and get, you know, my feelings out on how I feel about the holidays. And even though it's going to be a sad time, but music always speaks for me and it's always an escape. So um, if anybody's listening, I, which I know because my brother has a lot of uh, listeners, I would recommend you guys get Soul Christmas and just listen to it. And I know there's going to be a lot of songs that you're going to sing along to. It's going to make you feel good. And um, I just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And, you know, hopefully 2023 will be great for all of you. So uh, Merry Christmas, y'all. And this is JR from the R&B Representatives. And I say peace.
Rob for inviting me to share a Kwanzaa story. Um, I know Kwanzaa has such an interesting history and a, a very uh, colorful, you know, background and um, you can go a lot of different ways with it, but I'm going to start at my beginning with it, which is um, just thank God for my late mother who had always said that Christmas as a holiday was commercial, and she rejected that. She didn't just say it, she lived it, you know. We got out our little um, Christmas tree uh, ornaments and all of that. She never participated. Uh, she always worked hard to try to give us a, a little surprise or something like that, um, you know, uh, on during the holidays, but generally she stood by her principles and that this uh, Christmas holiday was never, she never saw it as a time to spend a, a boatload of money and go into debt, um, but as a time to spend with family, 
um, you know, use your 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 uh, winter solstice time and your time off of work to just, you know, vibe with your people and vibe with the love. So she lived that, and uh, true to her principles, I'll never forget. I was 12 years old, um, quite a quite a few years ago, <laughs> um, and uh, she came home with a book about Kwanzaa, and she read the book to me and my then 10-year-old brother and basically just introduced us to the seven principles to the uh, Nguzu Saba right there in our living room in the middle of Inglewood. You know, uh, my mother was a, a Chicago public school graduate. You know, she was uh, n- never a, a, a home uh, mom. She always worked uh, nine to five. Um, and she was very proud of that. But she took her time to find us that book, come and read that, and introduce us to a different way of looking at it. And she she was so curious as to why I wanted to move back to Africa. I don't think she ever saw herself as a catalyst of that vision and, and my dream of rebuilding on the foundation of our foreparents on the motherland. I don't think my mother ever saw herself as that, but little did she know, you know, something uh, that simple um, was a very major um, framework and parameter that pretty much put me on the trajectory of becoming a repatriate, somebody who literally on purpose left America to try to build a life and work in Africa. Um, And that was something set by my mother. Of course, over the years, I've had the opportunity to live and work and study up under so many of our um, most renowned teachers and leaders and scholars. Um, But, You know, and we love to give credit, you know, to all those those people, a lot of the names you know. But it was my mother, you know, like I said, a public school graduate, a hardworking black woman from the south side of Chicago who introduced me to um, the Nguzu Saba, which is based on the ancient system and principles of Mayat from the ancient land of the blacks. Um, that really put me on the trajectory that I'm on to this day and that my children are on. And unfortunately, she passed away, you know, before everything came to fruition. But um, I'm here to say that we are living and, and standing on the land, on the motherland, and extending that work, extending those principles not just during the holiday time, not just on a commercial situation, but this is the principles that we live by every day, and this is what we are building. And I give um, I give that credit to my mother, quite naturally. And I thank you, Rob, for inviting us on to share uh, some of these hidden and most profound uh, memories. Thank you so much.
Man, the first Christmas I remember from a little boy, um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town was one of the first Christmas songs I heard. But I will save that story for next year's second annual Christmas podcast. This was the first annual Christmas podcast, and we had so many moving voice notes by too many contributors to name. Right, and if I'd be here all night if I named everybody. They were all beautiful. They were all touching. I love reminiscing. And ladies and gentlemen, these wonderful men and women put us in memory lane with their fondness of great memories from Christmas past. Everybody who contributed today are beautiful people inside and out, are beautiful family people, are beautiful sons, are beautiful daughters, are beautiful mothers, are beautiful fathers, are beautiful husbands, are beautiful wives, are beautiful boyfriends, are beautiful girlfriends. Just beautiful people, period. I just don't ask anybody to participate and contribute voice notes to this show. I talked to them for a while. I, I DM'd them. I conversed with them on Twitter. Many a times I converse them on the phone. I get a sense that they are good people. Do not have miserable and horrible people associating with this program. This program and the people that contributed to this program are part of the Legends of Sports and Music family. And today you saw an entire family come together and share stories of their families. And this was an amazing podcast. I sat back. I gave I gave you guys a couple of stories because I wanted everybody to shine. And I've got a bunch of Christmas stories. I'm 54 years old. I have to save I have to save some. I talked about two earlier today in the podcast. And Both brought back beautiful memories because the two people that were pivotal in both story, my son who passed away this past March, he was two years old when we had my first Christmas with him as a single father without his mother. And then the night I was nine years old and uh, Christmas Eve when my father came out of nowhere with three, four bags of toys when we didn't think we were going to have anything that year for Christmas because my mother had gotten robbed. That was a real-life Christmas miracle. And I will never forget that Christmas miracle and what my father sacrificed in order to make sure his four kids had Christmas. I've had a rough year, ladies and gentlemen. Lost my son. My mother almost died, and um, relationship with when my ex ended after eight and a half years. But things have turned around. My mother escaped death two or three times while she was in the hospital for seven weeks. I met a new lady. You heard her voice earlier in the podcast, wishing the entire family wonderful holidays. And when she said family, 
She was talking about everybody that not only contributed voice notes, but those who are loyal listeners and listen week in and week out and even go back and listen to, to shows three, four times. I see the numbers and I am truly blessed. I am truly blessed to be able to connect with people outside my family, outside my city, outside my circle. You guys are my circle. And when my son died in March and I posted on Twitter that he had passed away, I was besieged with so much love. And I've gotten nothing but love since then. So many people who I would interact from time to time became even more interactive with me on social media that would check up on me from time to time. Guys like uh, JR. Guys like Rob Hill, uh, Rob Hill from Philly. Women like Aja. Women like Shay. Women, uh, women like Lala. Women like Ariel. Women like Sicily. Women like Shannon. Men like my brother LL, who you'll be hearing after I read this poem. So many that I, it, it, it's so many names that came and asked me if I was okay. Was there anything they could do for me? And I'm a proud man. So I didn't ask for anything from anybody. But all you that reached out to me, you helped me get through a time which was very hard. And I got to give my ex-girlfriend, Ronette, credit because she was there for me during my darkest times when my son died. And then when my mother was on life support, she texted back and forth with me all night and kept telling me to pray, pray that God was not done with my mother. And then my new lady, my new lady Mia, who uh, has been helping to heal my heart that has been very heavy throughout this entire year. So I am truly blessed. And, you know, I always end the show by saying, be blessed and be a blessing. Well, I am truly blessed. And I wrote a poem 24 years ago called Truly Blessed. And when I read that poem this morning, I'm like, this is the perfect poem to end this podcast with, well, at least my part, because you still have LL School K with his uh, voice note, and then we will play Do uh, Do They Do They Know It's Christmas Time by Band-Aid, which was a super which was a super British group consisting of Paul Young, Duran Duran, Culture Club, Wham, Phil Collins with Genesis. It was a who's who. It was the guys part of the British invasion. Almost the entire pop and new wave acts of the early 80s from Great Britain come together and give this tribute song for the famine that was going on in Ethiopia. And that song, ladies and gentlemen, led to Live Aid. And of course, the We Are the World song, song written and produced by Michael Jackson and Lana Ritchie and Quincy Jones. So I wrote this poem, Truly Blessed, Thanksgiving morning, 1998. Because I had an epiphany that day. I was, you know, I, I was not feeling well. You know, I was in between relationships. Um, 
I was raising my son and doing my my best. My son was six years old at the time, and I was going to graduate school and working full time. And I woke up that morning and I was like, you know what? Life is good. I've got a beautiful six year old boy. Um, I'm got another year left in graduate school. I've got a full time supervisory managerial job at the foster care agency I work at. My uh, this was before my father was diagnosed with cancer. My father was still battling his addictions, whether it was alcohol or cocaine at the time or heroin. I forget which is because he had so many demons he dealt with. But my mother was healthy. My mother and father were fifty years old at the, at that point in time, and so I was lucky, and I felt truly blessed. So that morning I woke up, Thanksgiving morning, nineteen ninety eight. I wrote a poem, a poem called "Truly Blessed," that is more than apropos today. And I wrote "Truly Blessed" by me, November twenty fourth, nineteen ninety eight. And the poem goes: "You saved my life more times than I can count. Therefore, there's no reason for me to doubt. For me to doubt your divine existence, no longer will I show you resistance." Resistance to the signals you've given. Acknowledge that you've made me so driven. I remember the time you saved mommy's life. How you led her through all her ailing strife. Or the day you sent the bus while I cried. Cried that I was lost and ready to die. I remember the time she broke my heart. Or the time my mother was almost shot. The day you helped me find my brother and helped me reconcile with my mother. There's no really other way to explain. Your presence allows me to endure pain. Why else have I been able to endure? Why else have I been able to mature? Why else have I been able to survive? Why else do I continue to strive? Why else do I still continue to grow? Grow from all the times I hit a low. Who's this force I continue to applaud? No one other than the all mighty lord everybody out there happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa merry christmas happy holidays happy new year i will be back next year for one last show for 2022 part two of the teddy pendergrass historical overview musical tribute part two teddy pendergrass next year which will uh, look at the years from 1976 to his, to his near-fatal car crash in 1982. Once again, happy holidays, and everybody out there, be blessed and be a blessing. Peace and love, family. Praise the Lord. If you woke up this morning, today's a good day. Allow me to talk about what I think Christmas means. If you just give me a little time, sit back, listen. I hope you gain something. Christmas. What is Christmas really all about? Is it about the jolly white fat guy in the red suit that come down the chimney with a bag, knapsack full of wrapped gifts to put under your Christmas tree? That's well lit with colorful lights 
ornaments and an angel on top? Is Christmas about drinking eggnog? Is Christmas about trying to stay warm in the coldest month of the year, December? Well, for at least us Midwesterners, we know about some cold. Us Midwesterners know about some cold. And for uh, my brothers and sisters on the East Coast, New York, the upper corner, with your Timberlands and your, your North Face jackets on, I see you with your swag. How do you celebrate Christmas? Oh, and I, I didn't forget about my people on the West Coast, Cali, San Diego, and my Florida people. You all may not experience what we experience. You probably don't celebrate Christmas the way we celebrate Christmas because you don't know nothing about the six, the six inch snow where you can actually make a snowman. No artificial ice. If you want some real snow, why don't you just come to Chicago? What do you know about Christmas? Well, in my family, we have a tradition and out of every Christmas, we have this one auntie, she comes, she brings these old tapes of Lean On Me. And we sit in the living room and we watch this movie all together. And even though we don't always communicate with our family around the world, wherever they're doing and doing their thing, on that one occasion, that one occasion, which is Christmas, we all come together over some warm apple cider and some pumpkin pie, sweet potato pie. In the black neighborhoods and the black households. And we enjoy and rejoice each other. Now, I don't know about Santa Claus coming down the chimney because in the hood, we don't have we don't have chimneys. We got a half of a balcony, and that's good as it's gonna get. But that's Christmas. As dysfunctional as your family, our families may be, it's all love. And that's what Christmas is really about, showing that love. And that's what we do around this time of the year. And I hope you all are doing the same thing, reflecting back at the good and the bad. Because remember, Jesus can make a positive out of every negative circumstance. So from me to your family, I want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a happy new year because I know all my healthy, wonderful people will make it to 2023 and I'll see you there. All right. God bless you all. Greetings to all those who are listening to this podcast. Rob, another great topic to choose. I appreciate you allowing me to um, grace this platform once again. Happy holidays to all those who are listening. Hopefully, everybody will be able to enjoy it with their families and take time out to um, relax because all year we are working very hard and, you know, trying to either pay the bills or or take care of our our kids or... um, try to achieve uh, goals that we set from the year prior, years prior. So we often forget about our families and we often forget to 
take time or to set apart some time to enjoy uh, our families, our kids, our brothers and our sisters, our extended families, cousins and aunts and uncles and grandparents. Those things are often put on the wayside because we often are too driven to achieve um, success or we are too driven to want to get out of you know situations like debt or um, um, other financial burdens that we forget to take the time to spend with our family and we look at it like well you know it, it these things are important, you know, I have to do this and I have to do that. we got to pay the bills. I have to get this promotion. I I have to achieve this. And that's all great. But when it comes to family, they always should come first. And I learned that the hard way years ago. And I decided that I would have to reduce my workload because it is nice making money. But when it comes to interfering with my family time, it's not worth it. And I sacrificed that, you know, tough work, that driving, um, that that hard driving attitude that I had towards work, towards my career, just that tunnel vision. I sacrificed that for more time with my youngest daughter unfortunately for my two oldest i was there but not as much as i should have been because you're trying to you're trying to you know make sure that they have everything that they need make sure that you're able to afford to put them in extracurricular activities and make sure that the bills are paid and the house is paid for and all these things but sometimes it's just it's sometimes it's just the best to take time out and realize that you know your family needs your time. One of the Christmases that I will always cherish was when we found out that we were able to have another child. I had prostate issues, and the doctors weren't sure whether I would be able to, you know, get my wife pregnant. And that was one thing that was concerning to us because we wanted another one. And to find out that my wife was pregnant around that time was something, uh, was very joyful. And we were able to share that information on Christmas. And it made that day one of the best days that we've ever had. Not only do you share with family your gifts and, uh, you know, your your um, appreciation, but to relay this news to them was something that we all won't forget and to see our youngest right now as uh, she is a teen you now she's grown over the years you know we're very proud and very appreciative that god gave us another chance to have another child some people will say it's something else they'll just say that's you know it's you know the way the world the way things work and and whatever but i believe that god has something to do with it and i'm very appreciative of him there are all those there are there are others out there 
that unfortunately at this time of year do not have families to celebrate with. Some are alone. Some are have lost a loved one. Um, some are estranged from their families. We need to keep them in mind, especially if we have friends that are in a particular situation or people that we know of. We need to keep them in our thoughts. We need to offer a hand in friendship or offer encouragement around this time because not everybody has the opportunity to enjoy their families at this time of year. Uh, again, we a lot of us are too busy, especially at this time of year, with what we have to do, with the gifts that we have to get together, the dinner that has to be cooked, and the organization for Christmas parties or Christmas dinners that we forget that there are those around us that are um, not in great situations, those around us who are depressed, those around us that um, have turned to things like alcohol or drugs, those around us who have uh, who, who have self-deprecating thoughts about harming themselves. They're all around us. But at times we are too busy, even if it's not intentional that we are in the box that we're in, we still have to remember that these people are around us and that we need to love and we need to help them through these times. We need to care for them through these times and do our best to be the, uh, a good friend to them. Anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox. And thank Rob once again. Rob, great job with your podcasts. This is a tremendous platform. You have tremendous knowledge of topics, music, and sports. I hope that this podcast during the new year shoots up even higher. Thank you once again. And God bless those that are listening. Take care. Christmas time, we let it lie.